What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. This is episode 44. I am your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I am joined by two of upstate New York's most prestigious gambling addicts, the two Jays, Joey Carrion, Jared Marcus. Gentlemen, what's going on? How are we doing? Uh, living life, Ben. Enjoying life. Uh, I'm... I'm not. I'm not an addict. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to put that out there. Gambling aficionado. Uh, what's, what's, what's yeah, there it aficionado. is. Aficionado. <laughs> oh yeah. See, we both went there. That's. <laughs> that's what's up. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So let's see. Today is, you know, it's come. This podcast comes out on August 16th. We are but three weeks away from from NFL kickoff. So, uh, we're getting there. DFS is approaching. Last night, I was uh, messing around on DraftKings, making lineups, getting ready. The excitement is real. Yo, it's almost. I was time. doing the same thing. You were That's you were checking crazy. out DK last night. Yes. What, what, what stood out to you? What, what were you looking at? Any new opinions? <clears throat> um, you know, I was just looking at the Million Maker contest. You know, I've been talking mm-hmm. about that recently. Um, but I was just making a couple lineups. Um, you know, going over the prices, looking at some value, and see if there's any other uh, players that I like. Um, there's there's definitely some new guys that have stuck out to me since the show where we talked about the week one prices. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you guys want to hear our first impressions on on DraftKings week one prices, you can go back a couple episodes, listen to that. We'll definitely be doing a more uh, a more you know full deep dive the the week yeah. right before um, you know with, with new information, but um. Yeah, I mean, for me, dude, one thing that I noticed in particular is I was actually having trouble spending the salary because there were so many values I felt yeah, like that, like I, sure. I, like I had a lineup that I felt was good, like a good GPP lineup with like two thousand left on the board. So like, I think there's going to be a lot of room to make creative and and unique lineups in week <coughs> one, for sure. Yeah, especially in large field GPPs like the two hundred thousand dollars. Um, contest and then the Millie Maker, you could definitely make some crazy lineups and you know that will have good up- upside to be able to win it all. Yeah, Joey's about to win it every week. Yeah. Yeah, 16 That'd be mil. Fucking lit. <laughs> Has anyone won yeah, twice in um, a year? But. No. no. Nobody's I don't won think it anybody, twice yeah, ever. Nobody's won twice ever. But, I mean, that would be a crazy <coughs> testament to, to skill, you know, for people who say yeah. it's all lottery. I mean, you know, if you do it twice, that's yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's But I will say, my one lock, I'll give a little preview. My one lock now, after the first episode that we did about the prices, I'm locking in Saquon. I'm sorry. 9,000. I'm doing 9, it. 9,000? Really? Just, wow. just a little preview. All right. It's, Okay, I'll, I'll, it'll be really interesting to talk about this because I, I think the path is high, high price wide receiver. You want to know why he's locking back. in Saquon? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> no, yeah, it is because of Madden. Because he's been using the Giants in our uh, our online franchise, and Saquon's nice in Madden, so he just needs to ride the hot hand, I guess. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sign. hey. hey. Wow, I mean, what can I say? I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's like a, a avenue of research that hasn't really been explored in DFS. Yeah, maybe Facts. maybe the best Madden players will have a correlation, and, and Joey discovered it here on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> facts. That's what I'm saying, man. 
All right. Well, um, you know, we'll talk about that more in a few weeks. Today on today's show, we've got a few different topics. Uh, we're going to start the show off with three big questions that will definitely impact the NFL and the fantasy football landscape. Give our opinions on those. A little bit later in the show, we're going to reevaluate the top four. Uh, you know, we talked about that a few few weeks ago. There was a pretty consensus top four fantasy picks, and I, I want to touch on that and see if it's changed for you guys. Um, after that, we're going to talk about a couple of late-round gems, some players that you can get in the last couple rounds of a, of a best ball draft, of a fantasy draft. We're talking 16th round or later. Uh, and then we're going to close out the show with our new segment, Twitter Takes, and we are going to uh, – we have a good one this week, uh, a, known, a known name. So we'll get into that at the very end of the show. But before we do any of that, Joey, do you want to tell the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, and then all of our podcasts are on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, they're there at the DFS Dose. Go ahead, give it a listen, give it a download, stream mm-hmm. it, share it to your friends, share it to your social medias. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, even if you don't have time to listen to it this week, you know, just download it and turn the volume off and just press play. Yeah. You know, we'll, I we'll will take the say, show. That's cool. I will say one of the best features that I've been using recently, like just with like videos and whatnot, is the, uh, you, you know how you can play the video faster? Yeah. Like the play speed? That's mm-hmm. definitely a good way to get through all your podcasts if you listen, you know, to a lot of them. Just put it on 1.5. You can still hear what they're talking about. It just goes faster, cuts down the time, and it still yeah. counts as a play on the podcast. So you're still supporting, but it's faster and you get the information quicker. Yeah, for sure. If, you know, if kill, anybody kill did Kill an hour-long episode in 45 minutes, you know, put it on 2x, yeah. do it in 30, whatever your thing is. Uh, definitely for the people who want to, you know, consume information efficiently. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really right helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Let's get right into the show, though, guys. Uh, starting off with three big questions. The first one I have for you um, revolves around Antonio Brown. I mean, he's been the story of the NFL this past week. We don't really need to go into the details. I'm sure anybody who's a big enough fan of the NFL to be listening to a show like this is familiar with the details, the frostbite, you know, the helmet issues that he's had. But the question is, um, you know, can Antonio Brown be drafted right now at the ADP he's going in? Are you guys worried about the way that he's been acting? Do you think that there's risk involved in him in terms of him playing? Um, you know, is this all an act for hard knocks? You know, the Raiders are featured on the HBO, you know, docuseries. And obviously, you know, Antonio Brown, somebody who loves attention, um, you know, could just be playing up you know, retirement talks over a helmet issue because of that. I mean, how serious are you guys taking this? Um, what are our opinions on Antonio Brown? Right now his best ball ADP is roughly uh, 24th overall, depending on where you look, you know, 23, 25. He's about the wide receiver nine, going just behind guys like Hill and Evans and ahead of guys like Keenan, uh, T.Y. Hilton. So that's the range. Would you guys take him at, at you know, say the 2-3 turn? And, and what are your thoughts on Brown? I mean, personally, I would take him just for the sole reason that he's been the best receiver in the NFL for, what, like four or five years now. And I think he could still play at that level with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr um, is good enough to be able to help Antonio Brown reach his ceiling. But all of those issues with his helmet and 
everything that he's been going through definitely hurts and i could see why people won't draft him but personally i would draft him at the top of the third round ahead of uh guys like ty hilton amari cooper etc shit uh i don't know about that i don't know maybe he's a drama queen i don't know what happened to this man he used to be so quiet and now he just needs to be the center of attention over a damn helmet uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's Mr. Big yeah. Chest. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, at at some point you have to take him. So, like, at the end of the second round, early third or whatever, I mean, it's hard to deny that, I guess, but you also don't know what he's going to do. You don't... You don't, and, and this is a guy who quit on his team last year i mean that's just proven facts you can look it up you know he didn't show up to the last game of the season for the steelers um yeah but you know, he he's been on 104 catches 1300 yards and that's 15 his touchdowns. talents his talent so, isn't the question his talent his talent no, is, a, is a top 10 pick it's his personality and for his sure. little drama queen ass self is the issue for season long and and you know he's been Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, Jesus. Um, Pittsburgh as Pittsburgh as long as he's been there has been a competitive team. He's never really been part of a bottom of the league team. You know, what if this doesn't work out for the Raiders? What if this is a six-seven, you know, win team at the end of the season? Do you think he's going to stick around? I mean, he barely stuck around for a team that was in contention. Like this is a guy I could see walking out on this team. I mean, he's got the accolades. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver already. He what what reason does he really have right now? you know, to prove it, especially on a bad team. I just, I don't really know. He doesn't seem like someone who's making stable decisions. Like, I think, you know, on top of being a wide receiver who's 31 going to a new team for the first time, we already know that that wide receivers switching teams late in their career doesn't always work out, even with elite guys. Um, I I just, I don't know. I don't think that I would take him uh, at 23 or 24. Um, I would take Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen ahead of him, guys like that that you said. I mean, no, they're not the same player as Antonio Brown, but I feel confident that they'll play 16 games, that they won't abandon their teams, and that they'll be productive enough that the that the reward of their play doesn't you know equate to the risk that you'd be taking with Antonio Brown. I mean, okay, do we really think that he's going to just be like, all right, I'm not playing anymore? Like, he didn't want to play for the Steelers last year, right? Or he, they had some tension and whatnot, and he still played 15 games. So it's like, I think he's still, I think he's still gonna play. And if he plays 13 or more games, you're guaranteed over a thousand yards and I would say 10 touchdowns from him if he plays in at least 13 games. Right? I think yeah. that's fair I mean, to say. That's a good point. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's why it's such a, a difficult question. But I mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's a good point. I think, but what if his? I think people are putting too much stock into his mental issues. I mean, I so know. that goes back to it. Do you think that it's all an act? Is this all for hard knocks? Is this was all of it? You know, before acting to get you know the Steelers willing to move on from him. You know, is he actually just you know maybe yeah like like Jared said you know a drama queen somebody who wants to be the center mm. of attention but actually <laughs> just going to show up and be a baller for 16 weeks because that could totally I mean, happen too don't have to like H- the guy to think that he's a beast 
did HBO uh, slide him a little check under the table and tell him to act a fool or something or what? I'm, or what I mean, what would, would you about? put would you put that past a multi billion dollar you know cable channel? I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> he, hell, he they might not have even had to pay him, dude. He might have been doing it just to get off on you know being trending yeah. for for a week. I mean, well, what does being what does getting on trending do for him? That doesn't make him money. It gets all eyes. Uh, it I gets mean, all eyes on him. Maniac. That's all he ever wanted. Yeah, it's a, it's about it's about ego, I think, not not money. He's already got money. He's already got yeah. fame, and and you know. And accolades. I think he's already got ego. Nah, dude, ego. You can't. You can't. You can't. There's never enough when it comes to ego, especially if it's to the <laughs> point that you're you know dyeing your mustache blonde and demanding people call you Mister Big Chest. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a clown. Yeah, I have to agree. But can still yeah, but give you here's, here's my things. thing. That's all like you said, if he plays 13 games, right? What if 15? Like what if he plays? What if he just walks out at the end of the season? Then what? So, so Jared, I mean, what do you mean? What? Well, Jared what seems a little more negative. What if he like just I walks out? What this? if they? So, I mean, what if they're like? Where would you take him? Ten. Then he's like, y'all suck. I'm done. I agree. Then and that's not a ri- that's not a risk with Keenan Allen, dude. The the Chargers could be, you know, two and fourteen. Keenan Allen's out there every snap. You know, that's just yeah, a I'm saying glass half like full personal thing. You're still getting thirteen games out of the best receiver yeah, of but the last five years. The games that we need are at the end of the season. Where he is more if he Yeah, where he is more likely to just give up. Like he did last year. I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. And but if you if you construct your team well enough, you should be able to withstand that. Yeah, but do you really want to take that chance with your second pick, third pick, second I mean, third pick? I mean, it's better than like just for example, it's better than taking Le'Veon Bell in the first round last year, and Ben still won, and he got ben? zero games out of Bell. So yeah, getting, well, well, well. Hang that's, on. Getting that's totally different. Yeah, he also got James Conner, who was elite, and he, exactly. I'm not gonna say that's a huge difference, dude. Tyrell Williams isn't gonna pay off that value yeah. if you draft Tyrell Williams and and AB. You know no. what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna say I'm not I'm not gonna say Ben got lucky, no. but like it helped that Todd Gurley. You know, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it helped that Todd Gurley killed just killed Josh by. I'm just saying, it'd be unfortunate if he did leave for those last three games, but even if you draft him in the third round and you get the best receiver for 13 weeks, that'll still help you put you in a position to win your leagues or make a bunch of yeah, money. Yeah, I mean... And draft all right, that, that is fair. Let's move on to our next question, though, because we got, we got to keep it moving a little bit. Um, still have two more of these. And this next one, I think, is a guy who is just about the polar opposite in terms of you know commitment and... That's a guy uh, on the Colts is Andrew Luck, quarterback. Um, guy who can't really seem to come into the start of these seasons healthy. He's dealing with, what did they call it, a small bone injury, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're saying it's an, it's an, it's an ankle, um, but, but the issue is coming with the bone, um, according to the Colts GM, Ballard. And, um, you know, they said that this is an issue that needs to be addressed and they are not guaranteeing that Luck will be available for week one. Now, this is a guy who's consistently uh, being drafted as a top three quarterback. Um, 
I mean, what do we think about Luck? How much does this change the way that you look at Luck? And how, I mean, are you taking him later now? Would you take a bunch of guys ahead of him? Um, you know, does this downgrade Hilton? <coughs> what do we think? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning that his calf issue turned into an ankle sprain. Um, but where he's going in drafts, I wouldn't take him personally. Like, I'm not taking any quarterbacks right there, and so I'll just wait to grab somebody like Jameis Winston later in the draft. Um, but I think I think there's definitely some concern there with Luck and how he can't seem to be healthy. Yup. And my opinion hasn't changed because I said this, what, two weeks ago? That I it yeah. was going to turn into something else if he kept trying to go at it or something something else was going to happen. I knew something else was going to come of this. So, I mean, it obviously hurts TY. So, so let me ask you guys this question cuz this is this is how I'm thinking about it. You know, I agree with Joey, you know, you really can't take a, a QB as high as where Andrew Luck is going right now, but what do we think about, you know, if Luck starts to fall? Let's say he, you know, is in legitimate you know, danger of missing week one, would you still draft Luck and then draft another quarterback, you know, seeing his quarterback is so replaceable where you could ride with a guy for the first few weeks of the season and then, you know, get a top 10 guy, you know, for, for the second half or, you yeah. know, for, for three-fourths of the season. I mean, are you still going to be considering Luck when he's available, you know, in the, say, a more reasonable yes. round, 10th, 11th round, um, and then just draft a guy later to, to hold off yes, for the beginning of the Yes, because when he's healthy, he's like a top five quarterback absolutely so i mean yeah. would you guys like what what range are you considering him you know when when you look at adp you know are you going to take him uh around guys like breeze or or Jameis or wait wait till he's around the philip rivers kirk cousins range like what range are you taking luck i mean at this point? right now he's going in the middle of the sixth round so, if that drops a full round, I think that's where you take them. So, middle of the seventh. Because uh, right now, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, Matt Ryan is going smack dab middle of the seventh round. 7.06. Right? And I would much rather have Andrew Luck over Matt Ryan, personally. So, I would take I would take Andrew Luck in the seventh round if he fell to me. If I wanted to take a quarterback early. And I do consider that early for a quarterback. Well, not early, but, you know, kind of early, mid-round. I mean, that that's kind of where you're taking an elite quarterback, if you're taking them in the 6th or 7th, I think. You know, that's yeah. where you reach for a guy like, you know, if you want to bank on Baker's upside or Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck when he's healthy. I think that's a, that's a good yeah. range to take a top quarterback. But, I mean, if we're talking about injuries, I mean, I think I would rather have Wentz or Wilson or Cam or even Jameis for a guaranteed 16 games. But when we're looking at guys like Kyler Murray – you know, maybe Drew Brees even, as, as much as I hate to say it, uh, Phillip Rivers, I think I would still take Luck ahead and then just try and pair him with a guy like, you know, Josh yeah. Allen or Sam Darnold to start the season and then just, you know. I, I, I agree with that. For sure. But I, I don't agree with yeah. that. I would much okay. rather have right. Andrew Luck over Matt Ryan. Put that out there. No. I wouldn't. I agree with that. I, I think Matt Ryan has some yeah. serious upside this year. Um. Okay, that's good. I feel like we're all about, you know, in the same space as far as Andrew Luck. 
right now. Let's move on to uh, our last question here. And that is a question, you know, I'm, I'm going to humble myself a little bit on this one. I feel like I was very wrong on this player. Um, I'm willing mm. to change my opinion. I know Joey's hype about this one because this is his guy, and we're going to prop him up a little bit here. But, I mean, what do you guys think about Chris Carson and his value? And do we believe what the Seahawks are saying about getting him involved in the passing game? You know, is Chris Carson a legit person to be in contention to be an RB1, a top 12 running back at the end of the season? Just, Does he have that I'm just going to let Joey go on and on think? about this. I'm not really going to say much. So go ahead, go ahead, Joey. You've been waiting for this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, the the answer, the simple answer is yes. Um, definitely has running back one upside. He finished as running back fifteen in both PPR right and non PPR. Yep, last year. Um, so he's right on the cusp, and you know Mike Davis left, so that uh, frees up over a hundred touches. Um. They said they want to get him to at least 50 targets. He had 24 catches last year, so about double of what he got. And if he gets that, um, he's definitely top 12 running back, no matter what. And people love to put stock into Rashad Penny. He was drafted in the first round. I've been saying this for forever. Chris Carson is a better running back than Rashad Penny. That's just clear-cut apparent. Uh, and wow. like, if you're not aboard the Chris Carson train, then you're just going to get left behind and... You're gonna lose, honestly. You're just wow. yeah, that's that simple. Hop on the freaking train, goddammit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so I was definitely one of those people uh, that that Joey was referencing. Um, you know, I I was all aboard the Rashad Penny train. I thought that he had the upside. I thought that he had the receiving upside, and that's really the thing that stuck out to me with Penny, uh, besides the draft capital, but. But the thing is, is if Carson is going to get targets, you know, that gives him upside. That's the upside that he didn't have. Because, you know, the question has never been his rushing ability. You know, he's always averaged, you know, uh, above five yards per carry. He had over 1,100 yards in just 14 games last year, over 100 yards in six of those 14 games, almost half. You know, that's a great rate. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid producer on the ground. So, you know, I was just playing with some numbers, and I said if he averages only one more catch per game, give him 16 more catches on the season. It goes from 20 to 36. You know, that's nothing crazy. That's not Christian McCaffrey because that's not what he's going to be. But, you know, say he only has 16 more catches, one more catch per game. You know, uh, if he sticks at his 8.15 yards per catch average that he had last year, he goes from uh, 20 and 163 to 36 and 293, um, you know, in PPR. That is a pretty significant boost. It's 29 extra points across the year. That would, uh, you know, shift him from RB 15 to RB 13. If he goes from just zero to one rushing touchdown, he's RB 11. So, I mean, I think I think the the path is clear as far as Chris Carson being an RB one. And, and I'm willing to admit that. I think personally, um, you know, this is a guy that I would have been avoiding in in round five maybe as much as a month ago, but with these comments, I'm willing to move him up. I would take him uh, in round four at this point. Yeah, but I was like we were saying before this episode, you can't take him. All right, neither of you can take him. <laughs> so if that happens, I'm going to say something. And it's not going to be nice. Okay. Well, I know we have, we have two live drafts uh, coming up that we'll, all three of us will be at, and um, 
I guarantee you that I'm going to snipe you in at least one of them with Chris Carson. Even if I have to take him 101 overall, the, I'm going to do the, it <laughs> just because. So if I have 102 and you have 101. I'm taking Carson. I'm taking him. I, I don't believe you. You can have, have Barkley, but I'm taking Chris Carson. And Are I'm you guys win. ready for the best draft of the year? I mean, be... Of course. I'm of course. excited. The best league. Question? The it's best be league in this entire planet. None. Rochester, all. New York. We're we're no, past no, no. Rochester. This, this is national. This is nationwide. Nationwide. Yes, I will. <laughs> and like nationwide, I'll have that trophy okay, on my let's side. Let's move on. That's bars. That's bars for their head top. All right, let's move on um, to our next segment real quick. Um, one of the first things we talked about, I think, on the first episode of the second season of the podcast, we, we started off talking about the top four. And, and, you know, in early July, there was a pretty consensus uh, top four fantasy picks. The first, you know, four picks of the draft – Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara. They seemed 100% locked in. Uh, now, about a month and a half later, I think that we're honestly in a little bit of a different situation. You know, not much has changed regarding Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara, but, you know, Zeke, the holdout, obviously, um, you know, creates a little bit of mystery around whether or not you should take him. And just recently, a report on Christian McCaffrey is that the Panthers are looking to find somebody to spell him uh, in terms of his goal line work. And I mean, if you didn't know, Christian McCaffrey is somewhat reliant on his goal line work. I mean, six of his seven touchdowns came from inside the four yard line last year, six of his seven rushing touchdowns. And he had 38 of his 219 carries from inside the three yard line. That's about 17% of his carries coming from inside the three. You know, if he loses those carries, uh, you know, and that goal line work, his his upside is significantly yeah. downgraded, like significantly. And I don't see how you could take a guy who's losing goal line work and and carries inside the five, you know, over guys like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. You know, I think that they are solidly in the conversation at this point to be in the top five. And I, I really think that CMC and, you know, Zeke with the holdout, they're losing stock. So, I mean, my question to you guys is, you know, is your top four the same and, you know, is DJ and, and Bell in the convo for you at this point, or even one of the yeah. wide receivers? I just have a question. Did they give a reason as to why they want to uh, not give him goal line work? Because he was effective in the red zone, especially on the goal line last year. I I mean, I didn't see a reason given. I mean, you know, there was a report, you know, even a little while before that report that they wanted to cut down the snaps he was playing but not cut yeah. down his usage, which didn't really make sense because to me that just seems like – you know, if you're putting someone else out there, that means you're broadcasting what you're going to do. You know, if you're only putting them out there to use him, like that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, but, you know, either way, I think that maybe they're just realizing that he's their best player on offense, you know, I mean, besides Cam Newton. But, you know, he's such a weapon for them that they are trying to preserve him maybe. But, you know, either way, um, not a good thing for fantasy. So, I mean, does this how, – how much does this downgrade he's McCaffrey definitely out of guys? top five. Would you take Bell or DJ? Both. Mm. What do you think, Joey? I think I think he's still top five, um, especially with Zeke. Um, Zeke's situation 
and his holdout because obviously you know Christian McCaffrey's going to be there. He's going to play, and he's still going to get a bunch of catches. He's going to get most of the rushing work, so he still has upside as a top five pick. Um, I would keep Saquon over him, and I think I would put David Johnson above him now, and I would have him as my RB3. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so you're still taking him ahead of Kamara and and Le'Veon. Yeah, I'm taking yeah I'm taking McCaffrey ahead of AK. Oh God. And Bell and Zeke. I would put oh. Bell. I would put I would put Bell and AK above God. Zeke too. Okay. No. Wait, say that one more time. What what did you, what was that last thing? I would put Bell and AK above Zeke. Oh. Yeah, I in would my too. Rankings. Um, like if I'm drafting today, I would. Yeah. I mean, so obviously that today. that's subject to change. I mean, if it, if if Zeke, you know, signs before the season, then he's right back into the top three for me. But um, yeah, I mean, if I'm drafting like best ball right now, I would take Zeke. I mean, I still think ultimately he's gonna play, so I'll take him in the first round. But yeah, I'm taking Bell and DJ now uh, in the top four. I've got McCaffrey at five uh, behind those guys, Saquon and DJ up at the top. Um, CMC five and I guess Zeke six and then and then the wide receivers. Wait, Ben, what's your order? But um, my my, my I mean I would I would take I'm still taking DJ one and then Barkley and then uh I don't know Bell and Kamara is really tough. I I mean I guess Kamara's three, but I mean I don't know if I, I had the Bell, third pick I, think, I might just take Bell because I think that he could have more touches. By yeah, I think I think Bell slides up to number three for me. I think DJ's up to number two for me. Where do you, where do you have Bell, Joey? Just out of curiosity, top five, top six. Um, because I mean, five. if he's in our top, I have him at number five. I mean, I'll just say right now that you know, as a podcast, then we're pretty bullish on Bell because I don't think that that's the consensus. I mean, I was listening to another fantasy podcast the other day, and they were saying Bell's, you know, because of his situation on the Jets, is not a first round pick. Bugging. Um, so I mean, I think that I we're mean, pretty we're pretty high player. on this guy. If you don't draft him in the first round, and like, okay, not you, but if your league doesn't draft Le'Veon in the in the first round, you know you're playing with scrubs. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just the simple fact. This man is a workhorse running back, and they're going to use him. I don't care what team he's on. He's going to get touches. There's nobody behind him. I mean, yeah, they have Bilal Powell, but who's Bilal Powell, right? They got Ty, bro. Ty Montgomery. He's going to be the Albert Wilson of Adam Gase's Don't mention that name on this podcast. Actors could use timeout right about now, but um, <laughs> uh, all right, that was that was a pretty good discussion, guys. I like that. Um, let's move on to our second to last segment of the show. We're gonna talk about some late round gems now. Um, you know, I specifically was sort of thinking about best ball when when we came up with this segment, but you know, it applies to you know season long as well. Honestly, these are guys that are going. You know, if you do a 17, 18 round draft, 19 round draft, if you're you know hardcore getting those sleepers um you know i think that these are guys that you have to look out um look out for in your last three rounds you know 16th 17th 18 rounds who are you taking with your last few picks um so we each came up with uh, a couple of guys that we're gonna throw out there that have some value i mean subjectively (laughs) i guess um 
I want to kick it to Joey off first because, he, I mean, I'll just let you go, Joey. Um, who who's a late round who's a late round gem for you? Give us a gem. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are so disrespectful. See, the listeners they already know it, but it's Darren Waller. Okay. Just, oh my God. See, they're so disrespectful. Okay. I mean, let okay. me. Let me, let me say what I got to say. All right. So this is from, you know, I got to give credit. Obviously, this isn't my article. This is from C.D. Carter on Twitter. He He's wrote an article. He's a respected fella. I follow that man. He wrote an article on 444.com about Darren Waller. Came out two days ago. Okay. So... He didn't play in the 2017 season because I know that's going to be one of your arguments is he only has like 23 catches or whatever. He didn't play in the 2017 season, so he missed that. And last year he played behind Jared Cook, who is a top tight end, a top 10 tight end, correct? Um, So Darren Waller, if y'all didn't know, he was a receiver. He turned um, into a tight end in 2016 with the Ravens. Um. He ranks in the 96th percentile of tight end catch radius, 89th percentile in burst, and 82nd percentile in agility. And he ranks in the 99th percentile for speed in, for tight ends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jerry Cook is not on the Raiders anymore. And he led the Raiders last year with 101 targets. Okay. So that's 101 targets missing. Obviously, they got Antonio Brown, who's who's you know gonna get a bunch of targets, 150, 140-ish. Um, I think they're all Tyrell, yep. But I think the Raiders are going to be more pass-centric, and I think there is an opportunity for him to have a good enough target share to hit value as somebody who's not even being drafted in most leagues. Because if he gets 100 targets as a 18th round pick or undrafted in redrafts and um, best ball leagues, like, well, like 17th, 18th round in best ball leagues, come on. 100 targets for that tight end and in that offense, you don't think yeah, he could hit some value. So we're talking about a guy, just to give a little bit of context on top of what Joey's saying, you know, he uh, is just about the 24th tight end taken in uh, on Draft.com's best ball leagues. He's going right ahead of guys like Jason Witten and Gerald Everett, right behind guys like uh, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, some, some young, you know, guys who still have to prove what their, you know, worth is in the NFL. Um, but the main thing that I got from Joey's soliloquy there was that, you know, he is fast. He's athletic, and he has a huge catch radius, and um, he has not ever had more than 30 targets in the NFL in three years. So, I mean, I mean, what is the sample size that he has such a huge catch radius? But, I mean, this dude, his career high is 17 targets, and that was in 2016, three seasons ago. Like, what are we talking about? This guy, like, I mean, I would take all of those guys. I mean, maybe not Jason Witten. I don't know why he's being drafted in fantasy football, but I would take, you know— uh, Mike Kosicki, Noah Fant, Tyler Eifert, Jack Doyle, Gerald Everett, uh, you know, in the Rams offense for sure. No, no, um, no. Even, even no, Cameron no, Brait, no, dude, no, imagine. No. Even Cameron Brait for the chance that if O.J. Howard gets hurt, you know, his he actually has upside. You know, Cameron Brait will probably get more receptions than Darren Waller as the tight end, too, in Tampa Bay. Darren this Waller take. has 
Okay. Darren Waller <laughs> has been lighting up Raiders camp, okay? They've had nothing but, um, you know, love for him. He's, they, like, the Raiders coaches and, and coaching staff have been saying that he's been one of the best players on offense in Raiders training camp this year. So if he could uh, take that when the time comes in the regular season and um, <clears throat> in the NFL, teams average about 550 passing attempts each year. So say Carr throws for 550 attempts. He's done that four out of his five NFL seasons where he has over that many pass attempts. You don't think it's out of the possibility that being the third receiving option in that offense, he can't get 100 targets, 80 to 100 targets? If I Carr's guess. throwing more than 550 times over the course of a 16-game season, and if we want to go back in time and talk about the Antonio Brown, <laughs> if Antonio Brown isn't committed, right? If he's not yeah. committed and he leaves, that's even more targets. But yeah, in that situation, the Ra- the Raiders are probably a team that is terrible. You know what I mean? If if we're like you know, go- I mean, we, we, let's not even speculate that AB is going to be gone. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but Shit, you're right. It, it's you a, it's a, saying not me. No, you're right. You're right. It's a it's a. Pu- I, I mean, I'm kind of shitting on you a little bit, but like I get what you're saying. You know, Jared Jared Cook was productive in that role. He could get that target share. I just don't. I just don't like taking a guy whose career high is ten receptions. Like I just don't really think that that's worth being drafted personally. I'm not. I'm not even trying I mean, to be shady. Not to mention, yeah, dude, no, he's I... been dealing with a shoulder sprain, and that's as yeah. of August thirteenth. So like he's not even healthy. He hasn't. He really hasn't proven anything in the NFL. You I mean, know, as be athletic as he is, you guys tore me. I know starts. And it, and it's yeah. just it's just a sprain. It heals in a couple that's weeks. It just a anyways. Shoulder. It's just um, about projecting. And if you're projecting that he could be the tight end one in that offense and get targets every week and play the Jared Cook role, who was very productive for the Raiders last year on a worse Raiders team, if he could do that and he could, um, you know, actually get catches and targets, I think there's a good possibility that he could finish in the top 15 tight ends and he's be- not even being drafted. And that's all this segment is about is value guys, late round guys. Yeah, absolutely. And he and I think he's one of the top guys in these late rounds that has the path to the most targets. Okay, you know I'll give it to you, man. That's a better uh, argument than I thought you were going to come with. So I'll I'll give you some respect on that. Um, I'm saying I will be drafting I w- I would, him in every league. So he's yeah, already I on would, some of my dynasty teams. I'd definitely draft him if we were doing a 30-round yeah, draft. Yeah, I was about to say that, the 30th yeah. round. Um, <laughs> if we're drafting the whole player pool, I'll, dra- I'll draft him. Yeah. Uh, we know the athleticism can can be a uh, deal. Uh, yes. you know, of course. It can, it it can could. help him, but we can move All right. on to some it of could. your it bums. Could. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give one out here. Um... Let's see. Uh, I wanna I wanna go over to Cleveland and talk about my guy. All right, I wanna talk about my guy, Rashard Higgins. Um, I think that he's pretty clearly uh, securing that wide receiver three role in 
Cleveland. He pretty quietly was semi-productive last year. You know, he had 39 receptions for 572 yards and four touchdowns. He opened the preseason uh, this year with a touchdown from Baker in the first-team offense, the only drive they played. Um, and, you know, his real main competition, Antonio Callaway, a guy who has quite a bit of talent, you know, if, if you, you know, read the profile on him, um, but can't seem to really stay out of trouble. He dealt with, you know, issues as a rookie uh, coming into the league, and then now he's suspended to start his sophomore season in 2019. I think that between the chemistry that Baker appears to have with Higgins and Callaway continuing to slip, you know, in the, the graces of, you know, Cleveland's front office, um, I think he's pretty close to securing uh, a steady role. And, you know, there's no reason that if this offense doesn't take a step forward, his, his numbers could take a step forward. Um, you can solidly draft him in the 18th round uh, of the last round. And, you know, if we're, we're drafting players late like that, you know, I want to get exposure to offenses that I think are good, you know. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to be targeting a guy like Higgins. And, you know, this is lightly speculated that, you know, they love Higgins. And Jarvis Landry has a huge hit against the cap next year, um, you know, with, with Odell there. You know, there's there's some, you know, speculation that Higgins could be there long term if they move on from from Landry uh, after this year. So, you know, I, I like taking a bet on Higgins to become, uh, you know, part of this Browns offense and grow with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, I, li- I like that uh, call, honestly, um, especially in best ball because he could definitely have weeks where – he could pop because defenses will be focusing on stopping Chubb, stopping Odell, and <clears throat> I think Higgins definitely has some great value in the 18th round, especially in best ball, like I said. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just imagine if one of Odell or Jarvis got hurt, too. I mean, he'd be yeah. an every-down player in one of the best offenses in the league. So, And he has chemistry with Baker um, because, you know, last year they both were on the – second team offense because Tyrod Taylor was starting uh, during mm-hmm. camp and then for the for the first, what, two games or so for the Browns. So yep. they have chemistry. It's a good pick. What are you, you down with the Higgins train, Jared? Uh, yeah, I'm with it. I mean, okay. especially, like you said, if one of them gets hurt or anything like that, especially in basketball, because he could pop off for like a 70-yard touchdown at any time. I mean, he I, I think he's a good receiver. So, yeah, I like I like that. Okay, um, cool. And, you know, honestly, they haven't really speculated about it yet, but, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see Callaway get cut. I mean, you know, talented guys get cut all the time in the NFL when they can't get, you know, stay out of trouble. And this is his second offense. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I mean, I think that they're pretty bullish on Higgins as, as a team right now. So we'll look at that. Let's move on to one of Jared's guys here uh, starting off in another explosive offense. How about... So, uh, running back Darwin Thompson. Darwin Jeez. Thompson. Do you like that one, Joey? Over Darren Waller? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I tried to go pick him up in uh, Ben's Dynasty League, but he wasn't on so the let's, wires, let's, So let's talk about him. Mm. Obviously, the Chiefs aren't aren't committed to giving Damian all the, all the work. They said they were going to split. They were going to share carries. Or he was going to share carries. And Darwin Thompson was getting a lot of goal line work with the starters this week. If you guys didn't see that blurb. So, and all eyes have been on him this preseason and camp, everything. He's been explosive. I would not be surprised if he took a ton of 
touches away from Damian Williams throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, and I would be even less surprised if he overtook Carlos Hyde for the uh, running back. Excuse me, the running back two spot. And, I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde is getting drafted yeah, no. in, like, the 10th, 11th round. So if you're willing to take that role in the Kansas City offense at that point in the draft, I mean, wouldn't you be just better off taking Darwin Thompson in the one of your last two rounds? I mean, the, the Chiefs drafted him in the sixth round. And I'm pretty sure last week we talked pretty in-depth, if I'm not mistaken, about, you know, how willing the Chiefs are to move on from running backs. You know, they're super willing to just let talented guys in there. And, you know, like Jared said, this is an explosive guy. Um, I like that pick quite a bit. He, he really stands out as one of those guys who could be, you know, it happens every single year. A running back gets hurt or, or loses his job, and then someone on an offense wins you your league. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, God, God forbid Damien gets hurt because I'm not going to wish him getting hurt. But if he does, Darwin, Dar, Darwin's going to be on a lot of champion team, championship teams. League winner. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, He's getting drafted late, sure. like late, late, uh, late. Yeah, if you look uh, just in terms of, let's see, drafts best ball, where is he going? Super, super late. Um, Darwin Thompson uh, currently going 180. So that is just about, you know, uh, RB62 off the board. Um, so mm -hmm. late, 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 late after the 16th round. Um, yeah, definitely taking him ahead of guys like Alfred Morris, Rex Burkhead, Malcolm Brown. Um, not even close, not even close. He could be a league winner, like we said. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to Joey. You got another guy for us? Yeah, so my second guy that I like in the uh, later rounds of drafts would be Marquise Lee. That's what makes sense. Um, it's reported. Yeah, it's reported that he is going to be ready for week one, although he is on the pup list right now. So... Week one is in a little under three weeks. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But he should be good to go for week one. And I think he immediately takes back the receiver one uh, position in Jacksonville. Um, like in 2016, he had 105 targets, only 63 catches. That was with Blake Bortles. Uh, 2017, with Blake Bortles as well, he had 96 targets. So... If you're getting a guy that could potentially get over 100 targets in the 16th, 17th, 18th round, maybe undrafted, if uh, people just forget about him, which I think people are doing, I think it's a good pick, personally. I think there's upside but, to taking Marquise Lee over drafting guys like D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, etc. Well, Westbrook is in a totally different tier. I think he's actually the only guy who's pretty established out of this group and in terms of like with this new offense and with Nick Foles but I mean don't you think there's a little bit of concern that you know Lee has been pretty much injured the entire time that Nick Foles has been in camp and has been getting no chemistry with him meanwhile guys like DJ Chark who you know he does have some draft capital behind him Keelan Cole who's been you know successful with this team in spurts I mean don't you think that those guys getting valuable time to get chemistry with Nick Foles could impact you know Lee coming back and just like immediately regaining his spot I mean those guys don't suck I mean we haven't really seen anything from Chark but he was drafted high I don't, he should be explosive yeah they don't it's not that they suck I think it's just Lee is better than them mm. so I think okay. Even in the chemistry, that's uh, probably the main argument um, going against him right now is that 
yes, he's hurt right now, so he can't practice. And, you know, practicing with your quarterback that you just signed for millions and millions of dollars um, to replace a absolute trash can in Blake Bortles um, definitely hurts him. But if he can come back and if he can, you know, play 80% of snaps, I think he has a good shot to uh, hit value in the 17th round where he's being drafted. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, Jared, thoughts on Jacksonville wide receiver? I'm with that. I think we talked about Marquise like two weeks, Marquise Lee like two weeks ago. Last week, we 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 all like him, or at least me and Joey mm-hmm. do. I don't know how you feel about any of that, Ben. Honestly, yeah. ever. I, I mean, I like Westbrook. Um, I mean, I don't know. I probably would lean towards taking one of the other guys just because of the injury and the the chemistry thing. But I mean, I see it. He's definitely more proven than DJ Chark, and you know, the like five games that Keelan Cole has ever been productive in. So, yeah, I'll give you that. But I mean, um, <coughs> but I mean, DD Westbrook is also hurt right now too. So. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that shakes out. Um, a guy I want to talk about, he's not an exciting player, but I think he's a guy who is just so unexciting that he's being wildly slept on, and that's uh, Mohamed Sanu. Um, you know, Jared and I briefly mentioned that we're into Matt Ryan, and, you know, I'm pretty into this Falcons offense this year. I think that they're going to have a great year. You know, they have Dirk Cutter uh, back as offensive coordinator. They're going to be passing a ton, and – Mohamed Sanu is currently going uh, round 16 or later. He is going as the wide receiver 70 off the board. And when you look at the three years he's been in Atlanta, he's been the wide receiver 31, the wide receiver 30. And uh, in his first year, he was wide receiver 54. So, I mean, I think that that's his downside uh, is like wide receiver 50 to 55, and he's going as wide receiver 70. So I think even his downside is to finish ahead of guys that are going ahead of him. Um, and not only that, but I mean, in the three three straight years that he's been with Atlanta, he's played at least 15 games in each year. His yards have gone up uh, in each three year consecutively. He gets either four or five touchdowns per year. Uh, you know, he's not exciting, but he is going to finish out of where he's being drafted. I think he's, you know, definitely someone who we should be targeting. You know, he's in a good offense. And again, he's one of those guys, you know, if you're going to be drafting any of these players late, what's the upside? And I think the upside is that if a Falcons wide receiver goes down, Sanu could be theoretically a top 24 guy because he'd be the, you know, the automatic fill-in for one of those guys. I like it. I'm with it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm I not like saying Sanu. he's going to be top 24. He doesn't have that upside, uh, you know, excluding yeah. injury. But, but he's, you know, he's a decent – he could be a wide receiver three, and he's going as a wide receiver like eight. So, it, you know, Yeah, in best ball, he could have pop weeks. That could definitely help you win. So yeah, I don't, no, um, I don't, I don't mind it. No doubt about it, uh, Jared. Let's uh, move on to the last guy of this segment, and that is Cole Beasley, the newly acquired slot receiver for yeah, the Bills. I think, I think, I know, <laughs> I know how Joey feels about Josh Allen, and I feel the complete opposite. And I think he takes a huge step this year, and I think he's gonna lean on Cole Beasley a lot, and. Cole Beasley is going to lead them in targets, lead them in catches. He's going to be a huge part of this offense, and I think he's being drafted way too low. I think he's just being slept on completely, and I don't know why. He's going to be a focal part, focal point of this offense, and I think he's going to pick, put up a pretty big year for him. 
Yeah, um, I can see that. I mean, basically, uh, you know, the Bills brought in John Brown and Cole Beasley as free agents this year. Um, you know, Robert Foster, who was a big play guy last year, is basically losing his spot to John Brown. He's entirely out of the first-team offense if you look at, at, at Bill's, you know, reports. So it's basically going uh, Beasley in the slot, uh, John Brown as a deep threat, and they've got Zay Jones on the other uh, other end of the outside. I totally agree with Jared. I think that Beasley's definitely going to lead this team in targets. Um, you know, I would definitely rather take John Brown because I think his targets are going to be more valuable. But, I mean, we're talking about a different tier of players here. You know, we're talking about John Brown going in the, you know, 12th, 13th round. And we're talking about taking Beasley with your last pick. And, you know, if you're using your last pick on a guy who's going to lead his team in targets, you know, in PPR especially, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Beasley is totally being slept on um, for sure. I think you're done if you draft any Bills players. <laughs> Uh, Come Josh on, man. Sucks. Oh, I know. So bad. All right, well, you know, Joey, can I uh, – let, let me throw this one at you. I want to change your mind here about Mr. Beasley because, you know, I was researching this topic, and I already knew this personally, but, you know, some people may not be familiar that Cole Beasley is actually – It's trash. Uh, you know, he's a rapper, though. He's a rapper, bro. Oh, he's yeah, a he hip-hop artist. Wait, what? What? You said Beasley sucks at rapping? Yeah. All right, all right hang on. I want to read you. I want to do a quick lyric breakdown for you. So this is from Cole Beasley's uh, hit song called 80 Stings. <laughs> um, and, and I just want you to know that, you know, this isn't – he's not a pop rapper. This is a rapper with straight bars. Um, and I'm going to read the first eight bars of the song. This won't take long. I just want to, you know, familiarize you guys with the type of player you know, the type of rhymer that Cole Beasley is. So he starts off the song, he says, yo, say hello to Mr. Slept On. And, you know, right here, right off the bat, he's talking <laughs> about Joey because Joey's sleeping on him. It's pretty obvious. He's slept on, you know, he's getting drafted hella late. Why, why are we sleeping on him? He said, early mornings, I ain't slept long, okay? Because this man is grinding. He's waking up early, and he's at the facility. He hasn't had time to sleep. He has early mornings. He got to be out there on the field grinding. Okay, he goes on. Big headed, so I'm headstrong. Had to be just to be headed to where I'm going. Like my head gone. Now I'm gonna break that one down for you. That 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 might be a lot for you. That wordplay. So he said he had to be just to be headed where he's going. Like his head's gone. Like he was beheaded, meaning that his head was gone. Okay. Now I don't know if you know hip hop, but that's a bar. That's a bar right there, okay? That's that's like top-tier <laughs> lyricism. And then he finishes off this fire eight saying, you know, you know, he said I'm crazy, but I told them all that it's no biggie, but you dead wrong? Say what? You said what, Cole? He said no biggie. Like Biggie Smalls who had a hit song called Dead Wrong. Oh my God, bro. If you're telling me what? you're not going to draft this, man. What? Yes. He's gonna I'm shit on you. He's gonna shit on you oh one time God. this year. Yeah. I hope he disses Joey. I hope yeah, he disses gotta, Joey in a record to, one time. I'm about to stop. I'm about to tag him in this clip, and I will. Oh I'm about to go to Bill's camp and, and hand, hand, hand this to him. Trash can. I just. I'm gonna say one thing. You know, Cole, you got my respect. I hope you diss Joey. He's sleeping on right. you, and he dead right. No biggie. That. No biggie. No biggie. No biggie. Oh my God. That's that's next level stuff. That's really just nice slept on. Um, yeah. Mm. 
That might be my chill, fantasy chill, football chill, name chill, this year. Must have slept on. Oh man! All right, that that was good. Our first lyric breakdown, uh, you know, in in podcast <sighs> history. I'm glad we did that. Um, let's move on to our final segment of the show, and that is our Twitter take of the week, where we go on to Twitter. You know, we see what's going on in these Twitter streets. Um, you know, and and we find a take. You know, it could be a good take. It could be a bad take. Um, and this one comes from a name that you guys might know. It's coming from at DraftCheat. He is a, you know, a controversial figure in the DFS space. I came across him first from beefing with Evan Silva about something that I can't remember. Um, I know he's on Guru Elite or Elite HQ, whatever they call that these days. Um, you know, it's an established presence, basically. But uh, so this this came from Draft uh, DraftCheat. About a week ago from when this is going to come out. So, Mr. Cheat uh, has to say this. He has to say, you know, over the next month, you're going to hear a lot of fantasy analysts say, you know, cool, I like Kyler Murray. That, you know, I've got him in my top 10 quarterback, uh, quarterback rankings. Dismissed that analyst. You know, that's the same person who fought me on Mahomes not being a top three quarterback. So, you know, right off the bat, he's taking a victory lap for being right on Mahomes, who had a historic season. So, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, he goes on to say, there are special players. Kyler is one. Get him. Okay, that's the end of the first tweet. He follows it up with a second tweet in the thread uh, telling us what he's going to say, where he starts saying, I'll say this. So, <laughs> all right, now we know what he's saying. Uh, he's saying, assuming Mahomes plays all 16 games, there is only one quarterback who can possibly unseat him as fantasy quarterback one, and that is Kyler Murray. So this, this dude sounds like the biggest. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Here um, what? Here we go again. This All right. Dude... Let me let me just say one oh, wait, thing. Wait, wait. Right. So not. Not Drew Brees, not Philip Rivers, not Aaron Rodgers, not Matt Ryan, but Kyler Murray. No, and not not only that, but so they don't even have me, a chance. Actually, you're telling me <laughs> that Kyler, <laughs> I'm not Mister Mister Draft Cheat. You're telling me there's a chance that Kyler Murray outscores Mahomes this year. What kind of drugs are you on, my boy? Not, not. And, you know, he's clearly on some drugs. I mean, it, that's not even a question. But the real question is, I think it's sort of just a function of this Kyler Murray hype. And that's what I really wanted to get into, um, that, that Kyler Murray is getting drafted, you know, in the top seven pretty consistently right now. You know, they're... It's like almost assumed that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. So, you know, he starts by saying in, in draft, uh, draft Cheat's tweet that, you know, he is obviously top 10, basically. But, I mean, to say he's the one guy who could contend with Mahomes, you know, more than Rodgers, more than Watson, more than Mayfield, more than, you know, all these other guys, it's crazy. But let's just talk about Kyler Murray in general, okay? Because the one thing I really want to say is that Kyler Murray, I think, has a better chance of finishing outside of the top 10 than he does uh, finishing inside of the top 5. I agree. Yeah. yeah would this, you guys agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's talk numbers, though. Like, honestly, Mayfield, as a rookie, sets the passing touchdown record. Okay? Mm-hmm. He had a 
an amazing season as a rookie NFL quarterback, and he finishes the QB 16. I mean, it would be shocking to me if Murray comes in and is productive as Baker was last year. But let's say he is. Let's say that he, like Mayfield, is like an NFL phenom, and next year he'll be getting drafted like Baker Mayfield's being drafted this year. You know, he's a true NFL phenom. And not only is he passing like Baker Mayfield is, let's give him Baker Mayfield's passing numbers and throw on Lamar Jackson's rushing numbers. How about that? This guy is one of the best rookie quarterbacks we've ever seen, right? He, he throws like Baker. He runs like Lamar. You know, we add Baker Mayfield's 3,725 yards and 27 touchdowns to Lamar's 695 yards on the ground and five touchdowns rushing. What does that give you? 330 points in fantasy. And last year, that would have been QB5. QB5. And we're talking about a historic season. That's Kyler Murray's ceiling. QB5. And that's if he's Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield rolled into one. Okay, mm-hmm. He is not going to be that. He will not be that. His ceiling is top five, and I think it's a lot more likely that he finishes outside of the top ten. I don't understand why he would be being drafted this way. You know, Cam Newton, 2011, had 14 rushing touchdowns, greatest rookie quarterback season in fantasy football history. He was the QB3 that year. Mm. Okay? Kyler Murray does not have QB1 overall upside. I'm just going to say that straight up. He will not finish as the QB1. He would be lucky to finish, you know, as a, you know, top five quarterback. And taking him ahead of guys who have finished as the QB1, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, uh, you know, recently they've done this, you know. Like, it's just, it's it's crazy to me. Um, you know, I wouldn't draft Kyler Murray as a top ten quarterback off the board. I think the hype has gotten out of control. And with all due respect to Mr. Draft Cheat, um, he doesn't have QB1 in yeah. his range of outcomes. And with all due respect, That's you sound like saying. a true <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> Unbelievable. How do you type how do you type oh, that in press tweet? Um, you know, some people actually believe that <coughs> he's gonna be the greatest thing. But what has what spread. has shown what has shown that he's gonna be a quarterback one? Uh the one thing. The one thing is that with Cliff, their head coach, he produced Mahomes and Mayfield. That's okay. the thing. He he produced both of those guys. That I mean that uh, that's that's a very, uh, I mean small look into saying that he produced them because you know Mayfield also sat between you know behind Alex Smith who's a great teacher a better teacher than he is a quarterback and he had Andy Reid one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL Baker Mayfield you know had Freddie Kitchens who and you know by all accounts is you know an offensive guru as well um I don't think that it's really fair to say that he produced them because he coached them in college I mean right but like when you coach them, when he's coaching them in college, like he's grooming them, you know. So, and there's a lot are, of great college quarterbacks who yeah. get to the NFL and can't translate. Yeah, but I'm saying that's a reason why people love well, Kyler idiots. so much, is because. Well, I'm not saying that Kyler's gonna be bad, but I mean, I just like the the love is getting way out of control, no, yeah. and the fact that he he's gonna he, he will be chalk week one. I promise you on DraftKings, FanDuel, this dude is gonna be See, the highest owned quarterback. Yeah, and he's gonna. And my biggest thing is like, okay, if he if you think he's gonna be QB one, that means you're putting so much stock into Fitzgerald, 
Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. Right? We're putting so Keyshawn Johnson. We gotta put a lot of stock into those guys and David Johnson. So then all of those guys should be moving up if you think Yeah. I mean if if he's QB one, Christian Kirk should be in the fourth round for you. You should be taking Larry Fitz in yeah. round six. You should be taking David Johnson clearly one hundred and one. You know, it, it's all a package. If you think this is going to be if some Kyler Murray finishes show. as a quarterback one, I will never gamble again in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, that's this, a safe bet. That is. That's probably one. Of this the has to be the the most ridiculous take I've ever seen. How, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, how, like, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't press tweet without laughing. <laughs> well, um, I mean, maybe he's trolling, and maybe you know we just. Get I him hope we so because he sounds just. He no, just so sounds either. like a huge. I think he's just. Uh, well, I mean, he's got the followers, but um, shout out to you, Mister Cheat. Thanks for uh, you know Idiot. being on our segment against your will. We appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, best of luck to you this year. And, you know, I definitely will have some head-to-heads out on DraftKings if you want to play Murray against me. Um, Full show. But, gentlemen, that is another episode in the books, episode 44 of the DFS Dose podcast. We will be back next Friday like we always are. Um, you know, like Joey said at the start of the show, you can follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, all that good stuff. And I realized recently that I have not been saying our Twitter names live because you can see them on the screen now, but that doesn't really help our good friends, you know, who just listen on Spotify or Apple or SoundCloud. So, you know, I'm going to go back to my old closing. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, Ben Hover, B-E-N. H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you, Joey. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at JoeyCarrion underscore. And uh, Jared's mic apparently died, so you can find him at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. And this is about the time in the show where from the background Jared yells something like, yeah! and, and that's how the show ends. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.